20. You didn't mention about that 27. You Four, didn't mention about that 19. 49, 17, and 10. Is okay. that not a virtuoso? Hold up. Three Chris, steals and two blocks? Chris, what have we asked LeBron James in the playoffs for his entire career? What you asked Kevin Durant for three games, they said, KD, this is what we need you to give us for three games. We asked that for LeBron for the entire playoffs, not for a series, for the entirety of the playoffs. Remember, Skip, his last year in Cleveland? Mm. He averaged 34, 8, and 8. Mm. Not for a series, for the entire playoffs. That's what he averaged. And you over here crowing, you up here like a rooster on a Sunday morning, uh -huh. waking everybody up talking 49, 17, and 10. You need to he sit lost. down. You need to sit down. He lost. Come on. Now, I need you to tell me that. He made one of the great clutch shots in the history of basketball, as Chris just detailed for you. It was a thing of beauty. What did he And his toe was about a half an inch on the line, or you're cooked. You're done. I thought it was over. All right, all Chris, right. you know what I did? I almost won the lottery. If I'd have got those five numbers, his very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. <laughs> Hey, bro, you're listening to the sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk. Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. Come on now. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the sports desk. Episode 124. Yes, sir, 124. Feels good to be back. I'm your man's one more time, Desert L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists. <laughs> and remember, folks, black is so anxious. But remember, folks, I am here to give it to you raw and uncut. And this your man Black. We back in the building for another episode. One of your favorite sportsologists in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have a lot to get into today. Of course, we're going to be jumping back into the NBA playoffs, the Eastern Conference Finals, the Western Conference Finals, the uh, head coaching carousel in the NBA. We got some brand new head coaches in the league. We're going to talk a little bit about Dame Littered and Luka Dockic, how this impacts their careers in their respective cities. Uh, we're going to be talking about the NBA draft lottery, talk about some boxing. Tank Davis was back at it last night. We're going to discuss him, Lomachenko, back in action as well. And then we're going to definitely touch in on some WWE. We had a surprise return this past Friday night on SmackDown. Looking forward to today's show. But Black, how you doing today, man? Doing well, man. Very, 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 very good day. Good weekend. And good weekend. You know, I had to. I was in the paint, but I uh, was able to get out of there early and enjoy my uh, weekend on Saturday and today. For sure. Yeah. So for uh, sure. Very good day, man. Yeah. Same here. Same here. I had a fantastic weekend. Shout out to my pops. He was in town this weekend, man. Uh, me and my pops, Black and Papa Gary, we all got together uh, on last night. Did a little top golfing and. Keep that word top golfing in mind because we'll have some uh, some developing news from the sports <laughs> desk to you. How you guys are going to be able to interact with me and Black on a future date involving a little top golf, man. So y'all stay tuned for that bit of news. But Black, let's go ahead and get into it, man. Let's not waste no time, Black. Now, Black, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and set the table. I'm going to go ahead and bring the dishes out to the table, Black. I'm going to put the food on the plates and everything, Black. And Black, after everything is done eating, Black, I'm going to need you to do me a favor. And you want to know what that Black is? 
Yeah, I got a good idea, my boy. Black, I'm gonna need you to clean them dishes for me, man. I got you, my boy. I'm gonna need you to clean we, them we, dishes. We're we gonna have to hand wash or use the dishwasher, my boy. We might have to hand wash these, <laughs> my boy. So let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, we four minutes in. Y'all are getting that bell. Mm. Four minutes in. Now, last week, here on the sports desk, we purposely gave Kevin Durant his just due for the epic performance that he gave in the second round series against the Milwaukee Bucks that went seven games. Additional overtime, KD last second shot to win the game. He did not do such with that shot. Bucks win, they advance to the conference finals. But you heard at the beginning of the show, you heard Uncle Shea Shea and Skip talking that talk that we purposely avoided last week because we wanted to kind of switch up because we knew what a lot of you were expecting from me in black. It was kind of a setup, so to speak. <laughs> we knew you guys were expecting, you know, they're going to kill Durant. We finna hear that LeBron talk. We didn't mention LeBron James one time last week in regards to Kevin Durant, but by God, we're doing it this week. Now let's back it up, back it up, back it up. LeBron James took myself, Black, my six-year-old son, and my four-year-old godson to the NBA Finals. <laughs> he took Matthew Dellavedova to the NBA Finals. He took J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert when they were castaways from the New York Knicks to the NBA Finals. He mm. also took Timothy Mozgov to the NBA Finals. Tristan Thompson got paid $88 million for being on that NBA Finals team. Matthew Delamadova also got $56 million after going to the NBA Finals. And I said all that to say what? He lost. Kevin Durant, he lost. Kevin Durant gave you 49, 40, uh, 35 in that five, six, and seven games in that second round, but he couldn't get it done. We asked LeBron James from the beginning, no matter what, if you're the best player, you're supposed to do best player things. We always have that conversation after LeBron James has lost the what? And NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant was in the second round. Would you consider the Milwaukee Bucks a super team black? No, sir. Well, you consider them a very good overall team in the NBA right now. Yes, I would. A formidable opponent. Yes, I would. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Joe Malcolm Harris. Mm. Joe. Malcolm. Blake Griffin. Steve Nash and a host of characters. Joe Harris get paid almost $100 million. But is the conversation about Joe Harris Black? Mm -mm. It's about Kevin Durant. And I'm going to say this. All of you who want to give KD his flowers for a second round loss, kick rocks mm. with an open toe sandal. And I hope you split your big toe toenail. Mm. Because none of y'all got the nerve to keep it real now. This game is about wins, and it's about losses. And the only time we get to bury the king before this year 
was in the NBA Finals. Losing with a cast of characters who should have been in the G League. Mm. So when Kevin Durant is up against these Milwaukee Bucks, this wasn't LeBron James going up against the Golden State Warriors. You remember those guys, right? Yeah. This is who LeBron James was losing to in the finals. Kevin Durant, Stephen Wardell Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, first team everything. But Kevin Durant shot an air ball. When the game was on the line, he was flat, he was fatigued, and he was exhausted in the second round. We asked LeBron James to go berserk 82 games, and we asked him to go berserk through the postseason, and we asked for him to have the championship because we call him king. But Kevin Durant's been on the same uh, platform as LeBron James as a basketball player for years. But I find it mighty funny that he received the pass, that we heard nothing. He got his roses and his flowers. He was heralded Mm. for his efforts. Heralded for giving it everything he had. But somehow, someway, a man averaged 35, 12, and 10 in an NBA Finals. Scored 51 points in game one that went to overtime against the Golden State Warriors, and we dogged him. We dogged him. Last year in the NBA Finals, LeBron James had 40 points, 17 rebounds, and 12 assists, but he made a basketball play to give it to Danny Green because he was wide open with a defender not 15 feet in front of him, but we dogged him in the Finals. Kevin Durant gets to sit home comfortably all offseason long while we give him hand claps for giving it all he got. That, my friends, is an hypocrisy. Mm. And we here at the Sports Desk won't let you forget that you said he was the best player in the world. That you guys said he was on the same level of King James. So why not grade Mr. Durant as such? And before I kick it to my homeboy, one last thing. The one thing that sickens me that never gets talked about. Durant was up 3-1 on that 73-9 Warriors scene. The OKC Thunder were fully healthy. Fully. They were up three games to one. And Steph and Clay and Draymond ran them down. And got to the finals. If that would have been LeBron James. In any situation. Up three games to one. We would have castrated him. And he probably would have never been seen again. But we give Kevin Durant. A pass. Go ahead Black. What you got to add to that? You know what man. It's a. It's a disgrace. Oh my goodness. To the basketball gods man. That we got to sit here and discuss this today. Yeah, I just want I just want to bring up a few things really quickly because I sure. know we have to move on. Sure. The in in over the career of watching LeBron James and uh, the teams he's that's beaten him and the teams that uh, he's beaten, what would you say the Milwaukee Bucks rank against teams like the San Antonio Spurs? The Golden State Warriors. 
you would consider them to be super teams, correct? Correct. Because in the finals, those are the teams that he has lost to. The San Antonio Spurs and the Golden State Warriors. You would consider them to be teams that's going to go down in history, correct? Correct. Those are teams that are dynasties, correct? Correct. Some of the some of the better teams in uh, NBA basketball history, correct? Correct, sir. Now, D, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Teams that LeBron James have beaten mm-hmm. to get to an NBA Finals. And I want to see where you – would you rank Milwaukee amongst the same tier of, as these teams? The, the Toronto Raptors, mm-hmm. the, uh, Boston the, Celtics. the Boston Celtics, repeatedly, the Indiana Pacers, a hot shot Atlanta Hawks team, hot shot Atlanta Hawks team. Yeah. Will we rank Milwaukee Bucks as the same tier as those teams? They'd probably be somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Okay. So let me, let's, let's say this. D, what does LeBron James do with middle of the pack teams? Disposes of them. In five, it takes super teams, dynasties. Yes, sir. Legacy. Speak on it. Teams to get Le- to beat LeBron James. Speak on it. But we sit here and applaud a man who's came out of his own mouth and said he's the best in the world. He's better than LeBron James. Absolutely. We give, we applaud, and, and, and we do, Kevin Durant, we do applaud you. We do applaud you for your, for your great performance that you put on. Yes, we do. Sure. We do. But this is not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Anybody can put on a great performance. LeBron James put on many great, do you know how many great performances LeBron James has on his resume <laughs> at this time two, of year? Two minute account. How many? And he's came up short. And we castrate the man. Castrate him. Now we sit here and give you a pass. Well, the hold on. We don't sit here and give you a pass. The rural gives you a pass. The ignorant basketball fans give you a pass. Oh my goodness. Because the hate for LeBron James is so real. They're willing to give Kevin Durant a pass. So it can t- continue to keep LeBron James in the dumps. Facts. Le- LeBron James lost to the Phoenix Suns this NBA postseason. He lost to the Phoenix Suns. We heard more. We still hear more about him losing to the Suns than we hear anything about Kevin Durant Absolutely. losing to the Milwaukee Bucks in seven on his home floor. Yes, sir. Ball in his hand with a chance to win the game. Yes, sir. This is what I want to know, listeners. Everybody who's going to have something to say about this. <laughs> if LeBron James was on that Brooklyn Nets team, do you think he lose to the Milwaukee Bucks? They know the answer. If LeBron James was on that on that uh, Brooklyn Nets team, doesn't he have more weapons than he had in Cleveland? For sure. So you're telling me I could put LeBron James on that team and get a win for Kevin Durant? Can't get me a win? In the second round. So you're telling me Kevin Durant's not a team guy and can get his team over the hump? I'm trying to figure out what are we what are we doing? What is what is the standard here? I need to know the standard. What is the difference between the two? 
Like D said, what is the, we hold one guy, we hold both of these guys in the same plateau. But we can give one a pass and not give the other. I really need to know, D, why is it such a thing to allow Kevin Durant to get a pass? Kevin Durant said, oh, man, shoot. I'm at the house chilling, getting ready for, to go to the Olympics. I hadn't heard of her. He feel good. He on to the next thing. LeBron James would have had to hear this all the way through the Olympics about how he lost to the Phoenix Suns. Lit. But you know what? It has to stop. It has to stop because if you're going to hold Kevin, if you're going to hold LeBron James to one standard, you have to hold Kevin Durant. They're both they're both the same in the same plateau as players. There we when we talk about basketball, we talk about who's better, Kevin Durant or LeBron James. Who's the better scorer, Kevin Durant? Who's the better all around player, LeBron James? Who's the best in the world? Some people say Kevin Durant. Some people say LeBron James. When LeBron went home and we was watching Kevin Durant, we went automatically the world went back to, oh, he's the best in the world because how he was scoring the basketball against the Milwaukee Bucks. But he came up short. We're not doing this. The media's doing this. This is not a me and black thing. We let it slide last week. We're not going to let it slide any further. This man lost. Game seven, home four, ball in his hand, shot an air ball. I know he had 40-plus, but he lost because this is what y'all telling me about LeBron. So the standard has to be the same. And it saddens me that we're not having this conversation about Durant. We let Durant live jubilation, celebration, in a loss. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do it. We don't do this for LeBron. We castrate him. We tear him down. We tell him what he should have been. I see people say it all the time on Twitter. Or oh, y'all say he the world's best. He's the best in the league. Well, let's grade him as such. But it's half of the same people saying KD the best. They didn't just start saying KD was the best. This has been an ongoing conversation. It's been KD and LeBron. That's been LeBron's equal. It hasn't been Steph Curry. It hasn't been Dame Litter. It's been Kevin Durant. Yeah. And we're not letting it slide here. I'm done with the conversation. I'm going to let Black rack it up. But I'm going to say it one more time. He lost. There's something something bothers me, and I wanted to tell you this. You know, after you lose in the playoffs, you the, the team that lose, they go back home and do their, uh, you know, clearing out of their locker, and then they do their exit interview, the last interview of the season yeah. and such. And in the interview, nothing never came up about Kevin Durant. Oh, man, you lost to the Milwaukee Bucks in seven. How does that make you feel? It was rejoicing about how he gave a valid effort in losing. That's what we care about now, D? This is what the talk is now? Yeah, that's what the talk is. Like D say, it has to stop. It has to stop, man. You basketball guys who want to be one-sided because you hate LeBron James, you should be ashamed of yourself and you need to stop. It's disgusting. Kevin Durant, you are held to the same standard as LeBron James. We expect more out of you. We expect you to come through in moments to get your team over the top because you're considered the best in the world. Giannis said he was the best in the world at the game three. A five or whatever. Well, Giannis said it out his mouth. No one is talking. People had things to say about I said I was done. But they said Giannis, I wouldn't have never said that if I was Giannis. I wouldn't have never said that if it was Giannis, but it came out of his mouth. 
You got a two-time MVP, former defense player of the year, sitting down in front of me. I think KD just dropped 45 on these boys, saying he the best in the world, but he lost. Mm. On his home floor, airballing overtime. They say his legs were shot. But what about LeBron? 51, 10, and 12. Game one of the NBA Finals. And J.R. Smith didn't know to put oh. the ball back up to get a win. Oh, and you want to know something else, D? In that game, he played 50-plus minutes as well. That's it. I'm done with it for now, but we ain't finished. <laughs> we not finished. But we want we. We was respectful last week. Because I'm going to keep it real. That was masterful from Durant. Massive performance. But the end result are, is the conversation. And the end result is he lost. In the second round, game seven, on his home floor to a non-super team. To a non-super team. Mm. If this was a super team, then I probably would have a slightly different conversation. But this is not the case. Because y'all wanted LeBron to beat KD, Steph, and Clay in five. Mm. Mm. But we'll pick that up at a later date, man. But we just had to set the record straight here on the sports desk. We did not let Kevin Durant slide. And maybe the rest of you should consider doing the same thing of not letting him slide. <laughs> All right, Black, we love college football here. It's on the way back, baby. We yeah. close and getting closer and getting closer. Shout out to our college football correspondent, Set Far. Our football correspondent, Rashawn Robinson, Mr. Moodham Chains. We're almost back. It's almost that time of year. But Black, some interesting news came out, and me and you kind of talked about it a little bit last night, and we're going to continue the conversation right now. The college football playoff is saying, hey, we're going to go to the table and discuss 12 teams to compete for the national championship. We are at the table trying to see if we can get this done. Now, Black, before we get going, I'm going to read off the teams that finished in the top 12 of the college football playoff rankings Last year, of course, you had Alabama one, Clemson, followed by Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Oklahoma at six, Florida seven, Cincinnati eight, Georgia nine, Iowa State 10, Indiana 11, and Coastal Carolina, the Fighting Chanticleers at number 12, followed by the Fighting Mac Browns at 13. Now, Black, the way they say it could set up, the top four teams get a bye. Then you're dealing with five through 12. Now, Black, one, are you a fan of this idea? And do you want to see this take place in college football, 12 teams for the national championship? Well, of course, I'm a, I'm a fan of college football, but, you know, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not a fan of the 12 men. I mean, of the, of the, of the, of the 12 teams getting in. I think it would have been very more. I think it would have been more exciting if you do the top eight, because you you have more elite teams in your top eight than you do in the top twelve, in my opinion. And I think this is not college basketball. You're not going to have those Cinderella football teams who can compete with the best in the world in on a on in college football. These subpar teams are not going to be able to. Keep up with the blue bloods of college football, the pop, the power five conference in football. Hmm. So my thing is why even put the, give them a chance to be in it. When we get there, they're going to get molly in the playoffs. Hmm. 
Mm. They're not going to be able to keep compete with the Alabamas of the world. They're not going to be able to compete with the Clemsons of the world. Mm. They're not going to be able to compete with the Oklahomas, the Georgias. The, the, they're not going to be able to f- compete with those teams at all. So my thing is, you should have. I feel like they should have should have kept it at went up to eight. Keep it there because it was a lot of teams at eight. Those top eight teams that you called out to me, outside of uh, uh, <laughs> even though uh, Notre Dame had a great year, but it just seemed like whenever they get in the playoff, they they just blow, they just drop an egg and don't even look like they belong. But the top eight teams that you called out, I would love to see that happen. I would love to see those teams duke it out. Those top eight teams could have a chance to beat the Alabama or beat the Clemson. Cincinnati could have a chance to beat Alabama. I'm asking. Cincinnati got a chance. That's ridiculous. The way they play, the, the way they play football. That's ridiculous. The way but they go play ahead. football. That's ridiculous. Go ahead. That's where they rank that. The Chanticleers definitely wouldn't beat Alabama. So the percentage chance of the Chanticleers and yeah, the, the Cincinnati is, is more on Cincinnati side than it is the Chanticleers. Okay. Okay. And I, I need you to tell me different if you see it. I'm about to tell you. I'm just I'm just trying to wait for you to get your get you your know, points I, off. I'm not a fan of the 12, but I will watch it. I will enjoy it. I will. But if we know college football, as long as we've been watching college football, your blue bloods of college football always separate themselves from the mid-level teams or the teams that may not belong. And once you go to 12, that's what you're doing. You're giving teams a shot in, in, in the 12 that usually that don't really belong. They don't belong there. Wow. So why not bring it down to eight and get your best eight? And that's a beautiful thing for college football. I think they I think they're going to make hell of a money regardless of what happens here, the NCAA. But some reason they wanted to go to twelve and skip all the way over eight. Skip all the way over. For some reason. But I'm a fan. I'm a watch D, but I, I I'm not a fan of the twelve. Playoff seeding. I'm not a fan of that. Well, I'm very stunned by your opinions on this because you're treating this as this is like a like a bunch of good teams in one box who only have the right to play for a title. College football is an expansive, expansive map of teams. You of course got your power five conferences, and then every year you get your Boise States, you got Memphis, you got Deshanta Clares last year, you get teams that get out here and do their thing and go undefeated. Then they get in these bowl games, and you see Boise State knocking off of Oklahoma. You see Utah come into the BCS when they was knocking off powerhouse teams. You've seen uh, UCF beat LSU. I mean, you just see these teams come in here and do damage on the biggest stage. And for you to sit here and say that you don't think these teams will have a shot for the Blue Bloods of college football, how many Blue Bloods are there? There ain't that many in college football. If you want to look at the top five teams every single year in college football, that's not enough. That's That's enough. No, that's not. That's enough. Well, if it's enough, how can we get the same two because teams playing for the – hold on. Every year. Well, let me get mine off. How we get the same two teams playing for the national championship then? Because they're the best in the world. So you said the top eight well, teams last year. They compete with the top five teams in the world. They compete with the top five teams. It's always the – what have we been seeing in the playoff? The same four teams almost every year we see in the playoff. And you good with that? They're the best. They're the best. They're not, though. 
They are. So you mean to tell? Let me. Let, so they you mean to tell best. me that Texas A and M team, who finished nine and one last year, mm-hmm. sitting at number five, mm-hmm. their only loss to the Alabama. You mean to tell me Notre Dame was better than them? No, Notre Dame was not better than them. Uh, okay, let me Notre continue. Dame is but, okay, the well, let, me, let me continue. Notre Dame is the exception. Let me continue. The Florida Gators, the mm-hmm. Oklahoma Sooners, both finished nine and three last year. Nine and three, respectively, ended their seasons at number six and number seven in the final poll. Can you tell me Notre Dame was better than Oklahoma and Florida last year? Notre Dame was better than Florida and Oklahoma last year. That's preposterous. They were. That's preposterous. They were. Notre Dame was a better football team than Florida last year. They were a better football team than them last year. Yes, they were. They did, record did, show. Did you? I don't. I ain't talking about the record. I don't, don't talk to them about no record because Notre Dame come out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, just like I know black with college football schedules. These schedules are boof. <laughs> they boof. All of these teams play teams they shouldn't be on the field with, correct? Okay. So when you get these teams against elite competition, then we can separate these teams. Do you feel that Notre Dame could have went throw for throw, toe for toe with Alabama like Florida did? No. I don't. Okay, I don't. so if you wanna, I don't, okay, but that doesn't mean let me finish. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean they were a better team than them. It does it because doesn't Alabama mean, was. A, you talk about throw for throw, blow for whoa, blow. Whoa, 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 whoa! Alabama was the Come best, on. yes or no? These guys these, was Alabama the best. Alabama was the they best. They won a national title. They did. Who was a team that had them on the brink in the football game this year? It was Florida in the SEC title. Yeah, we saw what Alabama did in Notre Dame in the first round of playoff. Correct, beat them by eighty. <laughs> Beat them by 80. Okay. So we're looking at the eye test on the field. These teams, Georgia finished ninth. Georgia finished ninth. You mean to tell me if Georgia was on the same field against Notre Dame in the first round of a college football playoff, you feel comfortable saying Notre Dame going to beat them like that? I didn't say that. I said Georgia, I said Notre Dame was the exception because I know Notre Dame. Okay, let's go up a, one. Let's they're go a regular up. season okay. team. They're okay. a regular season let's team. Let's go up one. Give me let's somebody go up one. else. Georgia versus Ohio State last year. Ohio State. Oh, that's easy for you. Ohio State. That's easy, though. That's what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, that's easy for me. Because Georgia, Georgia was not all that last year. Neither was Ohio Florida, State. Florida they exposed them. Florida exposed them last year. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, hands down. Okay. Hands the, down. Team, the team that we got in the playoffs, Ohio State, yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. So, you got the top four teams basically get a first round by. You mean to tell me you want to sit up here – and be intrigued by number five. Hold on. A number five versus number 12. Texas A&M Aggies versus North Carolina, the fighting Mac Browns. Hear me? I wouldn't. I would not be intrigued. You, we, Black. Hey, I would not hold be on. intrigued. We, I would be more on, intrigued if Texas A&M was in the playoff. And I got a, and I got a Texas A&M versus Clemson. Now, that's intriguing. We that's here intriguing. Week, we sit here week after week. And we, you call out dog games of the week that you sit up here on a Wednesday night and watch the MEAC play football. But you mean to tell me you won't sit up for a first-round game to watch Georgia versus, I mean, to watch no. North Carolina and Texas A&M? No. You lying. You lying. No, you lying. Because A&M going to railroad them. It's going to problem. A&M is going to railroad them. Okay. I That's think, what's going to happen. I, I, hold on. Didn't they play each other in the bowl game and they got railroaded? I'm not sure if they played. I they don't played know. each other in the orange. They played each other in the in the at-large bowl 
And I think Texas A&M beat North Carolina. Well, I can't go about what you think. I need you to look that up and tell me what you know. Because I can't let that ride here on the sports desk if it ain't facts, my boy. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, I'm done with the old guard of college football. I hate the term blue blood. I hate the term tradition. It makes me sick. I'm tired of hearing about it. This is what a football fan wants to see. Give me 12 teams. Give me the pageantry of the college football playoff. Put these teams in these celebrated bowl games, and let's have us a pageant, a pageant show with the top 12 teams of the league to see who indeed has the right to state the claim as a champion. You sit here and you say college football and college basketball, they're two different things. How is college athletics it's college sports. Now, what you got? In the Orange Bowl, the Capital One Orange Bowl in Miami Hard Rock Stadium, the Texas A&M Aggies beat the North Carolina Tar Heels, the Fighting Matt Browns, 41-27. Okay. But that wasn't... Now, what's intriguing about getting your brains beat in, D? Okay, first of what's all... What's intriguing about that? Okay, first of all, that game got out of hand in the fourth quarter. But you can't sit here and tell me if they announced that that's a first round matchup that you wouldn't sit down. Why? I wasn't it. when that game got when that when that game got announed. I wasn't intrigued by. I that knew game. you was gonna say that. I wasn't intrigued. You by a liar. I, I wasn't. Went, you a liar because I went back and I listened to the sports desk and that was your top game of the week. <laughs> that was okay. your top game of the week. So don't do that <laughs> to the fighting Mac Browns and don't try to jump back on the bandwagon <laughs> either when we get back to the season with the fighting Mac Browns. But <laughs> but all I'm saying is. I'm intrigued by it. I hope they go through with it. I'm sick of tradition. I'm sick of blue bloods. I like the setup. Why of are you it. sick of blue bloods? Because I'm I'm sick of teams not having a chance who I feel should get a shot to Dude, play for a championship. Football. I don't it's care. Not basketball. It, what's the difference in it's sports? It's no, it's not. It's, it's sports. Difference, D. It's sports. You can't you're separate not football have, and basketball. You're not going to have. Coastal Carolina be a Cinderella team and make it all the way to the title. But you they s- will never be the Alabama. They will never be the Clemson. They will never be the Ohio State. They will never beat those type of teams to win a national title. But you sit here and you watch Iona be the 12th seed and knock off a number one seed Kansas Jayhawks in the Elite Eight. But that's not the same thing? It's not. It's a, it's a, it's a tournament. And you can't rob you can't rob these programs who put in the work to earn a shot. They just deserve a shot. They get their brains beat in. I don't care what happens. They deserve a shot to be there. Okay. Brains beat in or they win, they deserve a chance. All right. For you to say they don't deserve a chance is crazy. You can't go 12 and 0. Shot the Clemson with 12 and 0. Beat number five BYU at home. They finished in the top of the rankings the rest of the way. But you mean to tell me if they don't deserve to be the 12th seed, if they go 12, that's crazy. I think they deserve a chance. It's not about if they can go and win the title. It's about them deserving a chance. That's what it's about. And you want to see ahead and see the same raggedy teams play every year. They, they all the ragged it because they the games the are trash. They the best. They the best. The games are trash. This is, this is the, only reason, the only reason we're discussing this because people are tired of seeing it. But they're the best team and they dominate it every year. We literally see the same teams in the playoff every year since it started. We see since up- it started. So when we see upsets in college football throughout an entire season, you don't think we can get upsets here? We see upsets I, every D, week. D, I understand that it's sports. It's all the same thing. 
but football is different. Okay. You gotta think about a you gotta you gotta think about a whole lot. Okay. Listen to me. Okay. In basketball, you can get a gym in the rough. You can get a gym in the dirt, and he could be at a small school and just make basketball is different. In football, you have to have the elite of the elite to compete. I disagree. You have to. I disagree. In football, you have to have the. I disagree. You have to have the four stars. You have to have great coaching. You have to have great coaching. Disagree. If you don't have the players, disagree. In football, disagree. You're not going to be able to compete and keep up with it. Disagree. I don't know why you disagree because we because watch I see it every year, every day. Because and I see it every one year. Of the, what's one of the things? One of the what's one of the one things that we say? Alabama. What we say about Alabama every year? Ohio State every year. The way they recruit is going to keep them where they are. The way Florida recruits is going to keep them where they are. That's These teams the recruit. Elite players and in college football, you need elite players. Okay, you're changing subpar, the conversation. I'm not subpar teams who don't get elite talent is not going to be able to compete against the against the blue bloods of college football. That's all I'm saying. How can you be subpar and you're number eleven in the country? How is that? That's that don't make sense. How are you subpar and you're top twelve in the country? That doesn't make sense. Of course, you got your teams that are powerhouses. You're going to have that every year. But if a team like Georgia, who finished ninth in the college football playoff, somehow getting this tournament, I got a real good feeling that the Georgia Bulldogs can find a way to play for the national title. I'm not saying. I didn't I'm, say- I'm going by where they finished. I ain't talking about the brand. I'm, that's why I pulled up the last 12 teams. That's what I'm talking about. You don't know where they're going to finish. You don't know. And the only team you got grateful is the Chanticleers. That's the only team. The other teams I named, you had nothing to say. So you zeroing out these teams like the Chanticleers in Boise State, Memphis, who you said at your mouth last night, Memphis, you would like to see yeah, them over the Chanticleers any day. But what's the any difference day. between the two they programs? Won't, they won't. What you mean, what's the difference? It ain't that much of a difference. It the ain't. Ch- the Chanticleers ain't go to a... A New Year's Six Bowl and beat a New Year's Six team, even compete with a New Year's Six team. They didn't get invited. They didn't you know get invited. Why they didn't get invited. They didn't That's get invited. Why they didn't get invited? D. Okay. With one loss on, with an undefeated season, correct? They yeah. didn't get invited. It's a reason why. Okay. Well, the college football playoff says you got to finish in the top sixteen, and they finished in the top twelve. They finished in the top twelve. That's all I'm gonna say. So, that was a passionate conversation about it. This, Obviously, we feel hey, different hey, ways. It's just, it's just you want to say that. Okay, what's up? Let's, go, let's, let's, let's just talk about some of these teams in the 12 that you called out. Okay. And put them up against the Blue Bloods, the Blue the blue Founding Fathers okay. of college football. Okay, who? Uh, The Iowa State Cyclones. Who, are okay. they going to be the Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson? You keep going to the top. The first four teams get a bye. Iowa winning. State it's about what, winning. Iowa it's about winning. I'm trying because to at I, some point, of course, of course, those teams are going to play each other. But when you get to the teams that are going to have the the first round buys and have to play those teams, because that's the team that if they get by their first matchup, that's going to be the team they play next. And so, what are they going to do on the football field? You don't know. You ain't seen upset. Oh, I've seen enough football to know. Oh, but you don't see that. Don't sit here and tell me that, that, that the Iowa State Cyclones are not going to beat no. Alabama, Ohio Never said State. That. I, why not? On any given day, you can see teams getting knocked off. We see it religiously. Do we not see it religiously? In basketball, we do. You need to stop that. 
You saw Florida State, who was one in four, <laughs> one in four, be that undefeated North Carolina number five team in the country. I'm talking about in the playoffs. I don't. The it's the same thing. In the tournament. Florida State had no business beating North Carolina. In the tournament. Florida State had no business beating North Carolina. Okay, and then what? Any given Saturday, you can lose. Johnny Manziel and the AM Aggies went eight and five that year. Who did they beat right number one at their house? Who, Black? They beat Alabama. Okay. <laughs> okay. The Syracuse Orange Men on a Saturday afternoon beat number one undefeated Clemson, reigning, defi- reigning defending national champion. Come on, man. They was number one. Okay. Reigning defending national champion. They beat they them. Do that. They beat them. Okay. All right. Oh, so, so just because Trevor Lawrence ain't play, Clemson ain't have enough talent? Damn right. So just because Trevor right. Lawrence ain't play. Damn right. So now you're contradicting your argument. No, he's the quarterback. He's the quarterback. That's different. You need your QB. You Ooh, need your quarterback. You, so you flow. You flow no, for that. No, I'm not flow. You, you got recruiting. Recruiting. Recruiting for Clemson is by far better than Syracuse. So you mean to tell me a 2-7 and seven Syracuse team be the undefeated Clemson team just because they had Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. All right, we done with this. We done with this conversation. I can't. I Trevor can't do Lawrence, it. bro. I can't do it. I'm just saying. I can't do bro, it. That's that was that was boo. Because if Trevor Lawrence were playing, would the Syracuse Orangemen beat them? Well, that's not the thing. What they have beat them? That's not the same thing. What they have beat them? Dude? I don't know because he wasn't you do there. Know. I don't know. You do know. I don't know. You do know. I don't know. And you wrong for saying any that. given Saturday. It's not no any given Saturday because you know if Trevor Lawrence behind center and he didn't get hurt, Syracuse is gonna get that blowed out the building at home. We don't know because he wasn't available. Oh God! Syracuse won All the right, game. To the next thing. Syracuse to won the, the next game. thing. Syracuse won the game. <laughs> Syracuse won the game. <laughs> We'll further talk about this because obviously we went longer than this than we wanted to. But I want to see it. I think it'd be great. Black don't want to see it. Either way it go, we'll see what college football come up with in the coming, I guess, seasons or whatever. Because I think the deal is up for 2024 for the current format before they can go to a new one. All right, let's go ahead and get into one of your favorite segments of the week. Let's go ahead and jump into the tweet of the week because, man... Your boy Scotty Pippen back at it again, man. What's up with Scotty, man? I don't know, man. What's up with Scotty, dog? We got Scotty got to chill, man. Scotty is having a great summer, so to speak. He's feeling free. Got the Michael Jordan book coming up, but here we go. Scotty was asking GQ magazine about the difference between LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Scotty says, "Has he surpassed LeBron? Nah. He tried to beat the Milwaukee Bucks instead of utilizing his team." LeBron James would have figured out how to beat them. KD is a shooter, a scorer, but he doesn't have what LeBron has, period. Kevin Durant comes up underneath uh, Scottie Pippen's tweet. Didn't the great Scottie Pippen refuse to go in the game for the last second shot because he was in his feelings? His coach drew up a play for what? The better shooter. Kevin Durant going back at your boy. Oh, it did not stop there as well for Kevin Durant. Had a few more choice words for the incredible Scotty Pippen. Kevin Durant goes on to say, ha ha, ha ha, relax, Scotty. You shouldn't have this conversation because you have never been in my shoes. I like that from KD because he hasn't. He hasn't been in the shoes. So you got some back and forth, back and forth, and it's the last one. He goes, this guy, Scott, always wanted to enjoy his summer. 
So he chose to rehab during the season, LOL, and not be wait, and what did he say? During the season, LOL, yo, Scottie Pippen, they follow Phil, not you. Alright. Mm. So KD and Scotty get into a black. Do you agree with uh I guess the not do you agree with? Do you coincide with this back and forth spat between Scotty and KD? And who are you leaning towards on this? They kind of both had some good arguments on both sides. Sure. You know, so but definitely I think KD won this battle with the with <laughs> with Scotty Pippen. Especially when you said you've never been in my shoes, yeah, uh, or or been in that type of situation, yeah, and then the whole thing about Scotty, uh, getting the plate not drawn up from him because he didn't want to go in—that is absolutely true, sir. Scotty got upset because it wasn't going to be for him, but hey, KD put some good stuff out there, but Scotty also said some truths about Kevin Durant as well, so. It was kind of it was kind of even spat, but uh, if I had to give it to somebody, I'd definitely give it to KD uh, D on 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 the, on the little bike and forth. Yeah, I don't care. I just found it funny. Uh, <laughs> Scott is clearly enjoying his summer, probably experimenting in some drugs he shouldn't be. Uh, Kevin Durant is an emotional, sensitive athlete, so he's not going to allow anybody to say anything t- about him or what he got going on. But um, I think Scott is just on a press run. I think Scott is going to be dropping a lot of valuable information to the media so we can have a lot of stuff to talk about this summer. And I just think he's on a world tour just giving it up. I don't know if Scotty needs some money. I don't know if Scotty want to get back in the limelight. I don't really know exactly what Scotty got going on. But, um, you know, if you're going to talk about an athlete and you want them to, you know, give you a rebuttal, well, you got one. It's going to be Kevin Durant. He will always give you a rebuttal. <laughs> Kevin Durant ain't going to let you say anything. So, you know, all in all, it is what it is. I'm having a good time. I get a kick out of, you know, GQ asked Scotty a question. Scotty answered him. That was his opinion. And KD couldn't live with that. You know, it's not really KD's place to try to correct somebody's opinion. But he is the athlete in question, so he did just that. So, I got a feeling Scotty and KD are not done. And uh, we'll be here to monitor that situation going forward. All right, let's go ahead and kind of jump start the show, man. Let's get into our start bench a cut. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Gangsta, gangsta. Y'all must have forgot, forgot, forgot. All right, all right, all right, Black. Let's go ahead and get into our start, bitch. You cut. Now, Black, I was watching a little television, man, a little television the other day, and uh, DeAndre Aiden was being talked about, you know, um, and they were just talking about draft classes, just draft classes overall. And DeAndre Aiden came out and said that the 2018 draft class is the greatest draft class of all time, talent wise. Read off some of the names from 2018. Luca, Trey, Shea, Giggles, Alexander, DeAndre Ayton, Michael Porter Jr., Jaron Jackson Jr., Colin Sexton, just to name a few. And ESPN decided, let's see, let's name some other great draft classes. So they had the 2003 class, LeBron, Wade, Melo, Bosch, David West. Of course, the 1984 class, MJ, Hakeem, Barkley, Stockton. And then the 1996 class, who I think is the best ever, Kobe, Iverson, Nash, Ray Hallen, Stephon Marbury, 
just to name a few. So, Black, I want to know what class you're starting, what class you're benching, what class you're cutting. The 1984 class with MJ in the game, the 2003 class with LeBron in the game, or the 1996 class with Kobe in the game. We're not even going to talk about that 18 class because they ain't done nothing yet. Um. 84... 2003 or 1996. And Tough we, class. And we're going off just what? Just talent. players? Just, just talent. talent? Yeah, just overall talent, talent. Overall talent in the class? Mm-hmm. I got I to gotta, I gotta start the 96 class. I'm going to have to bitch Oof. the 03 class, and I'm going to cut the 84 <laughs> class. Wow. I think there's no right or wrong answer it's here. It's not. It's not. But I'm going It's hard though. It's definitely It's very hard, hard yeah. but I'm also going to start the 96 class. I'm going to also bench <sighs> Dang. That 84 class and that 03 class. When you look at the champions and the MVPs, Barkley, Hakeem, starting the greatest assist of uh man of all time, Michael mm. Jordan arguably the greatest of all time. And then you go to that 03 class with LeBron, arguably the greatest ever. Wade with three rings. You know, Melo, pr- great scorer. Bosh. I, I can't, man. I'm sitting here thinking about that thing. I got to cut the 03 class. I'm with, I got to yeah, cut the yeah, 03 I'm, class I'm, and stuff. Because just, just so what you said, and I'm sitting here listening to it, like you have like some the greatest, you still have people on the 84 class that lead. The lead that's in pivotal stats and pivotal stats in that class. So, just on that alone, D, I got to get a nod to the '84 class and cut 03. Well, since you did that, you know I'm gonna be a man too. <laughs> I'm gonna be a man. I'm gonna I'm I'm bitch that '84 class. I'm gonna cut that 03 class, and God knows I'm just blasphemous right now because the king is in that class. But when you look at Michael, Hakeem, Barkley, Stockton, wow. Wow. And then and what makes me not go for the 03 class, LeBron and Wade separate themselves. LeBron and Wade. But then you got Melo, then you got Bosch, and then like David West, like. No ring. Yeah, Barkley and. Oh, well, Bosch got a ring. Well, I'm just saying, well, Barkley and Stockton and Hakeem against those three, you got to go 84. So, yeah, man, I'm with you, man. Starting 96, benching 84, and cutting the 2003 class. So, y'all let us know. I know Smooth out there Dang, tripping somewhere. Tough, that was a tough one. Dang. That was a tough one. I know Smooth out there tripping somewhere. Our NBA correspondent, he'll be back in the building soon as we get close to the NBA finals. But um, y'all let us know, man. What draft class, you know, are you rolling with? Who you starting? Who you bitching? Who you cutting, man? We would love, 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 love to hear from you guys about that. All right, man, let's get into our brand new segment, a segment that we have a lot of fun with, man. None other than, man, the the the, the, the critically acclaimed, the, the, I'm trying to think of fantastic breakdowns of this segment, man. What did you do in camp? The what did you do in camp segment of the week. Black, we went through another week in the sports world. Who caught your radar to ask them? What did you do in camp? D, what did you do in camp? I went searching, D. <laughs> and I seen some interesting things happen that just bothered my eyes. In the world of boxing, mm. 
And this guy, and I hate for you to be, what did you do in camp moment? Because I'm, you're a, you're a great fighter, and I actually like you. Okay. Jason Rosario. Okay. The last time we seen you before last night, you were getting knocked out with a body shot by Jamal Charlo. And you lost all both of your belts to him. Now let's rewind to Saturday night. Jason Rosario and Erickson Lubin. D, do you want to know what happened in this fight? Please enlighten me. Jason Rosario gets knocked out with another <laughs> body shot. <laughs> D, you know what that consists of? Back-to-back knockouts at foot body shots. So, Jason Rosario, I really, really need to know, what are you doing in these camps, sir? What did you do in camp? What is going on that you can't get the body right? <laughs> are you not doing your sit-ups? Are you, uh, what are you doing? I need to know. Because losing fights with back-to-back body shots will get you a spot on what are you doing in camp. Great one, great one, great one, Black. Yeah, you can't be losing fights back-to-back body shots, man. Come on, bro. You know they coming for it. What did you do in <laughs> camp, my guy? Well, my what did you do in camp moment of the week is not something that uh, I'm looking forward to talking about because, you know, I was big on this kid. I was big on this kid, and he stunk up the bed last week. Unfortunately, Black, my what did you do What did you do in camp moment of the week belongs to Ben Simmons. Oh, no. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. We watched you in the offseason with LeBron and Raymond James all across the country in various gyms, shooting three-pointers, shooting free throws. Looked like you were really putting some work in, man, out here shooting the basketball. You come into the season, the fans are urging, they're begging to see you shoot the basketball. For some strange reason, Ben, you wouldn't do so. Ben, you were 37% from the free throw field this season. That is, by God, God awful. Ben, were you really working on your shot in the offseason? I'm not done. I sat here on the sports desk and I waved the Ben Simmons flag. I waved it. I went to war with Black, Freddie Briggs. Shout out to my guy, Hassan Edwards, Charles Evans. I Smooth. I went up and down defending you, sir. And how did you repay me? You repaid me by making a spin down below. Game seven of the second round. You see Trey Young and you pass it. And you give up an easy layup. Doc Rivers has to take you out because you can't shoot a free throw. Ben Simmons, by God, are you ever going to learn how to shoot? Now, Black, it concerned me because I seen some G League video of Ben Simmons. I mean, some summer league video, Jim, uh, Ben Simmons, he was fading away. Kobe Shake fade away, shooting from three. And it bothered me so much, Black. It bothered me so much. And then the news broke. They said Ben Simmons is a big baby. He doesn't oh. work hard. He's only surrounded by his family. And they tell him he don't have to get down and work. And then he comes to the games and he stinks the bed. Pees the bed. So that leaves me only one thing to think, Ben Simmons. Boy, <sighs> that hurt me, Black. You know I like Ben, I know man. it hurt, man. You like Ben, man. You know I like Ben's Ben. Ben's your guy. I, I like Ben. I like Ben. We're going to talk a little bit more about Ben in just a second. All right, man. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into it, man. Got a lot of NBA. Let's go ahead and not waste any more time. Hey, this is Deuce Lunch Sports, man. 
Come on now. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. The sports desk. It's time once again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. So we're going to go ahead and get into the National Basketball Association, man. So just a lot been going on in the NBA. Of course, we are still in the NBA playoffs. As a matter of fact, we are in the conference finals. We have uh, game three of the Hawks and the Bucks getting ready to take place on this Sunday, which me and Black are recording. So we're looking forward to that. So we have uh, the East final sitting at uh, one to one with the Bucks over the Hawks. And then we have the West final with the commanding three games to one lead. You have the Phoenix Suns choke holding the Los Angeles Clippers up three games to one. Me and Black, we're going to start there uh, with the Western Conference Finals last night, Saturday night, man. Um, we went back and forth about this game, man. And Black, what did I tell you? What did I tell you, Black? Yeah, man. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns were going to get this win. Black, the Suns up 3-1 Monday night with an opportunity to close it out in Phoenix in front of their home crowd. Chris Paul's first game back since everything that took place. Black, where are you at with this series? Is it over? Is it over Monday night? Um, I believe that it's over, but I don't believe it's over Monday night. Oh my God! I believe. There you go again. I believe the Clippers will sneak out another win. I think um, Talu's been coaching so well, and he knows how to adjust. I know they need, and I agree. I know they need Kawhi, but I think they find a way because I'm looking at the game and. We're we're following the game while we were at Top Golf yesterday, and it seemed like the Suns are just man finna blow this thing open, which they did. They were up big at half, but for some reason the game went cold. It seemed like we were stuck in the seventies for all of the fourth quarter for a long time, and I was wondering like, where what's going on with the scoring? Is it just a defensive battle? Cause it was a a lot of a lot of missed shots on both on for both teams in that game, so it came really came down to the nitty gritty, and it came down to coaching, and um, Alvin, D, uh, what's his, I forgot the coach Phoenix Suns coach Monty name. Williams Monty Wilson Monty Williams made the right adjustments, putting Paul George on the line because he know Paul George is not going to give you two free throws. He he is he likely missed two, and that's what it came down to at the end of that game to close that game out. Don't give them a chance to uh, put up a shot that could that could tie the game or win the game. Put Paul George on the line and make him shoot free throws, and we'll play the free throw free throw game. Great move by Monty Williams to do that. That's what got them to win. But the offensively, man, for both teams, the game just kind of stalled. I was wondering what was really going on. But if if games like games like that. Kind of, I think they play more. Even though the Suns want to think they play more in favor of the Clippers, so that's why I say I think Ty Lue makes an adjustment. If if games going to continue to be that way moving forward, I know it's going to be rocking in Phoenix. Chris Paul's going to be back home. 
he he's ready to win this game. He said he don't care about three one, but I think it's gonna be a dog fight. Um, in Phoenix on Monday night, I think I think the I I feel like the Clippers find a way to to get this bike to um L A for another game. I still see the, I still see this series going seven games. Oh my god! So um yeah man, it's but it's been a it's been a good series. A lot a lot of back and forth, back and forth. But coaching is really showing his head in this series to me. And every time a team loses, the next team adjusts. So we're gonna see we're gonna see what happens, man, in, uh moving forward in this series. But uh shout out to Phoenix Suns, man, for the things they're they're doing. DeAndre Ayton is playing <clears throat> out of his mind. He's playing out of his mind, man. Like the 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 things that this kid is doing and then to hear him talk about the confidence he has and he he has to thank Chris Paul for that. You know that's 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 good to hear from a young player talking about a veteran guy and Chris Paul like that, and then the kid is showing how confident he is on the basketball floor, and the Clippers re- really have no answer for that. So, yeah, man, uh, shout out to Phoenix Suns and the Clippers, man, for giving us a great series so far. It's over. It's over. It's over. I said before the series started. The Phoenix Suns are going to go to the NBA Finals. I said it before the series started, the Phoenix Suns will win this in five or six games. This is the most complete team left in these playoffs. It's neck and neck with the Bucks. The Los Angeles Clippers have shown grit. They've shown toughness. Ty Lue has showed his hand. But they are not equipped to challenge this Phoenix team without Kawhi Leonard. You want to know why? Because Booker, Paul, and Aiton are the reasons why. That trifecta of those three players on any given night, any one of them can beat you. DeAndre Aiton is unguardable. There's no one on the Clippers who can guard him. Devin Booker suffered a setback after the broken nose after game two. He hasn't been the same since. Even though he gave you 28 last night, it was a hard 28. He fouled out of the game. Chris Paul still getting his legs back underneath him. I told Black the other night, I said, he just need to get a feel for the series. And Chris Paul gutted him seven points in the fourth quarter. Seven points in the fourth quarter, hit the final bucket. Hit the final free throws to get the Phoenix Suns to three games in one lead. Cameron Payne, Crowder. This team in Phoenix, they're not going to stop. And even though the game kind of stalled out for both teams, the game started out for both teams. The Clippers couldn't buy a basket. They couldn't buy a basket. I'm a Paul George fan. I like Paul George, the basketball player. But we seen last night, he's not that guy. He's not a superstar. He has superstar talent, but he's not a superstar. They missed Kawhi Leonard last night. If Kawhi Leonard was in that game last night, this series would be 2-2. 2-2, but instead it's 3-1. The Los Angeles Clippers only need to bring a shaving bag in their uniforms because they're going right back to L.A. after Monday night. Game one of the NBA Finals will be in Phoenix. It will be in Phoenix. They will have a week's worth of rest before Giannis and the Hawks, before Giannis or the Hawks meet them in the NBA Finals. This is the most complete team. I am thrilled for Chris Paul. I am thrilled for Monty Williams. I see the elevation and the growth in Devin Booker, and I see the emergence of the next best big man in basketball, and that is DeAndre Ayton. Jokic, Embiid, you're on notice. You're on notice. 
This young kid is on his way. He will be a perennial all-star next year, and he will be first team next year in the NBA. DeAndre Ayton, I'm calling it now. You want to know why? His skill set of the on the defensive side of the ball, his IQ, his ability to shoot from 15 foot to 18 foot and to dominate the glass. The kid had 20 plus boards last night. You can't teach that. You either have it or you don't. And on Monday night, Chris Paul's first game back in Phoenix in almost a month. You got to remember, Chris Paul's last game before he came back versus the Clippers, they were in Denver Mm -hmm. for games three and four. Chris Paul ain't played basketball in his home court in almost a month. That crowd is going to be unglued. (laughs) Chris is healthy, and he's going to take full advantage of his final Finally, opportunity to go to an elusive NBA Finals. There is no way the Clippers win this game. They come out, they fight early. It's tight in the first half. But in the second half, that crowd, Aiden, Paul, and Booker, get them out of town. Paul George knows Kawhi's not coming. Ty Lue knows Kawhi's not coming. And due to the fact that he is not coming, there is zero chance that this goes seven games. Only way this zero goes seven is zero. Mm. Paul George has to average 40 because they need it. There's not another offensive player for the Clippers that can match PG. It ain't Beverly. Reggie Jackson's limit is 25. And he ain't gave you that since game two. He ain't gave it to you. His limit is 25. PG's the only one capable of a 40-piece. Cousins can't give it to you. Uh, Beverly can't give it to you. Morris on the hobbled knee. Zubox can't give it to you. It's over. Mm. The Clippers fought valiantly, and they should be proud of this season. They should be. But at the end of the day, the Phoenix Suns are going to the NBA Finals. I picked the, NBA, I picked the Phoenix Suns to win the NBA championship. This team is clicking on all cylinders. You see no weakness in their armor. Great role players, great stars, great leadership, great head coach. Like Chris Paul said, why not us? I got a Phoenix Suns close this thing out Monday night. Mm. Monday night. Mm. You like that? You like how I spit it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> make it sound real good, my boy. Yeah. But we still got to play the game. Still got to play, play the game. game. All right. All right, let's go ahead and transition over to the East. Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee Bucks. Atlanta Hawks, game one, Trey Young, baby. He showed out. It was his night. Shimmy, 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 Cocoa Puff, my boy. He was doing his thing. But by God, game two, the Milwaukee Bucks laideth the smackdowneth on them boys and beat them by 40 points. Tonight is game three. Black, what are your assessments so far of this series and who wins game three tonight? Um, Milwaukee has adjusted. Yes. To the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are a great shooting team. For sure. They're a great shooting team. But Milwaukee, Giannis cannot be stopped. The thing for the Milwaukee Bucks to be able to win this series is going to be on the defensive side. They can't let those shooters run wild. Yeah. The series 
you got to tell of two different games and in, in one you seen exactly what I said shooters running wild in game one Trey Young doing what he wants to do game two Giannis and uh, and and PJ Tucker and oh man I'm forgetting names what Middleton no not Middleton um point guard Drew Holiday Drew Holiday they were not having it defensively. They were Portis. Meeting, Shout they, out to Portis too. And, and Portis. They, yeah. they were meeting Trey Young at half court. Yes, sir. Said no, sir. You yes, will sir. not you will not come down here and do what you what you want to do. Not tonight. Not tonight. And we seen Yannick. This game right here. This game right here. The game the other night, the game when they uh the last game, game two. Is the best performance I've seen Giannis play this postseason. The best? In my opinion. Even game seven? He looked good on he looked good in everything he did. He okay. looked good. Okay. In the paint. He was even hitting his little mid-range. Mid-range shot. He was. He was. Even though they swept Miami Heat, he was dominant in that series. He was good against the Milwaukee. I mean, he was good against the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. He did what he needed to do to get over the hump. But this is Game two was the best I've seen Giannis in the playoffs. Okay. And that's scary. Okay. Because it seems like he's getting better. Yep. He's getting better. With, and, and this matchup, Clinton Capella, he's not going to cut it. He's not going to cut it. What I'm looking for for tonight, though, D Atlanta going to be rocking. For sure. For sure. Energy. The energy is going to be crazy in the building. No doubt. You had the crazy energy in the building last night for the fight. Now you got the crazy energy in State Farm Arena for the Hawks game. Mm-hmm. I believe the Hawks tie this thing up, D. Well, they go up two one. You mean? I mean, they go. I think they go up two one tonight. Okay. Well, they know they tie at one one. They go up two one tonight. So, okay. I think the shooters gonna run wild tonight for some reason. Okay. I think I I, I really believe that. <clears throat> Milwaukee has a a lack defensively because you're gonna have to deal with that freaking crazy crowd. They're not gonna be communicating like they were in Game Two. I believe this. I believe those shooters and Trey Young are gonna have a good basketball game. I believe I believe it's gonna be close. It's still gonna be close. I don't think if anybody get blown out, it'll be the Hawks. I don't I don't see the Hawks blowing Milwaukee out, but I believe it'll be a close game. But I think Milwaukee. I mean, I I think I believe Atlanta does enough to get the win today because their shooters are going to hit shots. Trey Young is going to have help tonight, and I believe that's going to be enough to get them the two one lead in Game Three. Yeah, I think the consensus of NBA fans would love to see Atlanta Hawk Phoenix Suns NBA Finals. It'll be entertaining. It'll be fun to watch. A lot of people will gravitate to their TVs to see the Atlanta Hawks in the NBA Finals. I think they're the sexy pick. I think they're the last hope for casual basketball fans to hold on to. But I watch the game, and I love basketball to the point that I study these games. And I saw the adjustments right away in game two. Let me tell you why. Game one, shooters ran wild. Milwaukee Bucks out there a three-point shooting team. They didn't check the high pick and roll. They didn't check none of the cuts to the basket. They didn't meet Trey Young at half court, or they didn't meet him at the free throw line before he can get the floaters off. For potential alley-oops to Clint Capella. Game two, shut down. Physicality, checkbox, Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to say that again. Physicality, checkbox, Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo only took one three-pointer in game two. 
Game one, he took five. So you know what that means, right? He's tearing up the hardwood and the paint and getting to the rack. No one can stop him. Drew Holiday, six foot five, first team, all defensive point guard. Check a Trey Young at half court, meeting him on the shooting hand. You will not do it tonight, Trey. The Milwaukee Bucks will not lose another game in this series in five. <laughs> I think the Hawks come out tonight in game three and they go crazy in the first quarter. But that energy don't last all night. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the Brooklyn next game seven and in Brooklyn's building. They're not phased by Atlanta. They're not phased by Atlanta. Trey Young is great, but he ain't Kevin Durant. He ain't. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to state their claim tonight. They're going to take the lead to one. They will not lose another game. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to the NBA Finals. Mm. No six, no seven. Trey, we love you. Respect you. But y'all just ain't going to have what it takes to knock off a team of this caliber. Would I mind the Hawks winning tonight to keep the series interesting? Of course. But the adjustments that I've seen, the only way they can win this series is if they shoot Milwaukee to death. They won't be capable of that. Because in the NBA, you just can't take three-pointers. And that's why Milwaukee is going to do what they do in advance to the NBA Finals. I got the Bucks taking care of that business. Mm. Take a can at business. Yeah, I had Milwaukee in six. Okay. Not another game. Yeah, I, I got Atlanta getting. They're going to get another. I'll put it to you like this. By the time we do next week's show, we'll be talking about the NBA Finals. Okay. We're, we might we might, we might might be getting ready I for game one, actually. Too, because, we, yeah. It might be game one. We might be getting ready for game one, actually. You, you could on be Sunday. Right. yeah. Yeah. Bucks. Because it'll Suns. get to a game six before we record again. Yeah, Bucks, Suns. It'll get to a game six before we record again. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, so this uh, the conference finals are heating up, man. You know, of course, we're going to be covering them. Black told you what he think. I told you what I think. Y'all let us know if y'all hear this episode, what y'all think about what we think. And let's have a conversation about it. All right, man, we're going to roll into some coaching carousels, man. We got the NBA coaching carousels going. Let's start off with Portland, man. Thompson Billups, brand new head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. He got that job off of Friday night. He accepted. But Black, all is not well in Portland. News came out today that Dame Lillard is upset, does not believe Portland can build a championship contender, and was upset of how the coaching search went. Why did it take so long to bring in Chauncey Billups or someone who he wanted on his list? Black, I'm just going to get to it. Is Dame Lillard a Portland tra- Trailblazer at the tip-off of next season? I don't think he is, sir. Okay. I believe it's time. Players like Dame Lillard, I just feel like I see him how um, I don't want to compare him to LeBron, but when LeBron was over Cleveland for those years, before he went to Miami, that's how I kind of see it with, with Dame Lillard in Portland. It's, it's time for a change, D. He need to go somewhere where he can be competing for a championship. And obviously, Portland is not the place to do that. So I believe I believe we'll be hearing soon from Dame Lillard about wanting to be traded. I believe maybe after the Olympics it's going to get things are going to get riled up after the Olympics about Dame Lillard wanting to be traded, or or Portland making a move where they rebuild. You know, Chauncey Billups is going to be a good hire for Portland. I believe Chauncey 
is will be a great basketball coach. I believe, really believe because he was a good player. I believe he's going to be. He's a he's a student of the game. He loves the game. I believe he will be a good head coach. But I believe Portland is in a place where they have to rebuild. I don't think they could win. I don't think they can win with the pieces they have in place, D, in Portland. So it's time to it's time to make a change. Dame Lillard needs to go. CJ McCullough needs to go. And they need to do redo this thing all over again and see what they could do under Chauncey Billups. But uh most definitely, uh Damian Lillard would not be a Portland Trailblazer next year. Oh, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about it. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Chauncey Billups and Dame Lillard have a relationship. And I believe in Chauncey Billups. I think Chauncey Billups, Billups is going to be a solid head coach in the NBA. But it's going to take more than Chauncey Billups to keep Dame. That roster has to be blown up. They've kept that roster together for so long. Dame and CJ have been together too long. They got to do something. And if Portland doesn't get in the habit of just trying to make some moves and get Dame some new pieces, I'm not talking about role players. CJ McCollum and Dame's time should have been over two years ago. It should have been over. CJ and Dame were a solid backcourt. But if Portland's going to get to the finals, if Dame's going to play for a championship, it ain't going to be with C.J. McCollum as his second best player. It's not. C.J. McCollum these days is a three. He's your third best player on the team. He's not your two. You brought Carmelo Anthony back for a second year. Melo's playing well. You need more than Melo. You need more. You let go of Gary Trent Jr. You brought in uh, the kid from Toronto. Not enough. It's not enough. Zirkic, uh, Nurkic, not enough. So, Dame is a loyal, loyal Portland Trailblazer, and we know that. But deep down inside, deep down inside, I know he wants to leave. But does he really pull the trigger to leave? Does Dame have it in him to leave? And if Dame Lillard actually pulls the trigger to leave, then he has to make it ugly. He has to do what James Harden did. He has to do with all the players who didn't want to be with their respective teams anymore. He has to do what they did. Because Portland's not going to send him away quietly. They're not. They're not. So Dame's going to have to get on his grizzly and do what he got to do to get out of Portland. And I said this at the end of the season. Dame Lillard could be a Los Angeles Lakers next year. He can. ESPN ran the numbers last week. You get rid of everybody except LeBron and Anthony Davis. You bring Damian Lillard in, and you sign one-year deals across the board. And you, re, you re-energize the city of Los Angeles. You re-energize that organization. It can be done. Now, will it happen? I don't know. But I got a feeling that Dame Lillard won't be there. He won't be there. And we're going to have to play it close. Shout out to Chauncey Billups. He deserves an opportunity. But I don't know if Chauncey's going to be enough to keep Dame in Portland. I don't know if he's going to be enough. And we're going to have to sit back and see how that takes place. All right, Black Jason Kidd, newest head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic finally got him a guy that he feels like he can roll with, feels he's like he got a guy who he can learn from and he can adjust with and, and grow in the league. Black, how do you feel about Jay Kidd? Being the newest head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it for Dallas. Especially being uh J Kidd being uh as a player, being the point guard to win the championship there with Dirk and, yep. and those guys. So 
Uh, I I like him in Dallas. I think that was what he was waiting on anyway was Dallas, you know, to and be able to lead a guy like Luca being a point guard. Like it's just amazing, man. It's gonna work out uh for the both of them. I think they're gonna have a crazy good relationship and then I think it's gonna show off the court and on the court from what we hear the the beef between Rick Carlisle and and Luca, it wasn't the best. You know, their relationship wasn't the best, but I believe this is a Relationship that will that would be good and it'll the show on the basketball court. Jason Kidd is a smart coach. Everywhere he's been, he's been a good coach. Isn't he's he hasn't been a terrible coach in the way he went. But I believe having Luca and then hopefully Dallas could get some get some pieces in there around Luca. I could be, this could be a match made in heaven, D. I, I see that I see Dallas, I see Dallas, you know, doing better things under Jason Kidd. Maybe potentially getting them over the hump, or uh, to see what can can they get out the first round. I believe Jason Kidd will be able to do that for the Dallas Mavericks once they find out with the pieces and getting around Luca. But I believe uh, Jason Kidd will be a great hot. It is a great hire for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I'm sure it's with mine. I think he's a great hire. I think he's going to make a positive impact. I think him and Luca should mesh well. Uh, of course, Jason Kidd is a top tier point guard in NBA history former champion, part of the Dallas or Dallas Mavericks organization on multiple occasions. Um, I think it's just a perfect fit, but it doesn't stop there. They got to switch that roster around. They got to kind of blow it up. You keep Luka, you keep Tim Hardaway Jr., maybe Finney Smith and the other player, maybe one more player, and everybody else got to go. Christophe Porzingis, he needs to be traded yesterday. They need to figure it out. So, kid being a head coach is the first step. But Dallas got to blow that roster up. They, they got to get some more pieces around Luka. And then we can start talking about them advancing in the playoffs. I don't think Jay Kidd alone will get them to the second round. They got to really adjust that roster uh, in Dallas. All right, Black. Rick Carlisle to the Indiana Pacers. Somewhat surprising to me. Didn't think Carlisle would go ahead and jump back in so soon, especially with the potential job openings in uh, Milwaukee. That, that could be up. So, um, what did you think? Were you surprised that Carlisle took the Pacers job? Um, not really because it's old stomping grounds. Yeah. He's familiar with the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. Um, I think he would help the Indiana Pacers be better. Um, would they contend for anything? No. But I um, I like it for Rick Carlisle. He needs to go somewhere where it's familiar and it worked for him. So, I like him in Indiana D. I think I, I can see Indiana and Rick Carlisle doing some good things together. Yeah, uh, kind of surprised by the hire. I thought Rick would kind of chill out, maybe even sit out a season and wait for another opportunity to come up. But like you said, old stopping grounds, I'm pretty sure when they called him, I'm pretty sure he was thrilled. And, uh, you know, he's from around that area. So, you know, happy for Rick Carlisle that he was able to get a, get into a situation that he was happy with. So, like you said, would they contend for anything? No. But could they be a top six seed in the uh, Eastern Conference? Possibly, because I think Carlisle's a good head coach. He's one of the few coaches in the league who have a championship. So, you know, shout out to Rick Carlisle for getting an opportunity. All right, man, some what ifs, man. What ifs? Orlando Magic, you need to hire Penny Hardaway today. Penny Hardaway needs to be the next head coach of the Orlando Magic. Hire him today. Mm. I don't, I, I don't, they don't need to interview nobody else. Penny Hardaway is a transcendent basketball mind. And what he did in his two years at University of Memphis is excellent. 
It's excellent. This is a NBA savant. This is something that the generation that is hooping now, who they look up to. These kids are going to play hard for Penny Hardaway. He knows the game. I would love to see Hardaway become the next head coach of the Orlando Magic. I hope he is a serious candidate. He interviews for the job tomorrow. Orlando Magic, if you want any type of pop around your basketball team since Dwight Howard left, you'll hire Penny Hardaway to coach those young group of kids because they got some young talent in Orlando. They do. Orlando, hire Penny. What you got with Penny being the next Magic head coach? I agree. I agree. If you let Penny get out the building without giving him a job, you're a disgrace. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. You know, like you say, he got a lot of young talent. He got Mo Bama. You know, the guy Patrick, I can't think his name, Patrick Willis, the guy from out of Florida State, tore his ACL in the bubble. You got him. Nice piece. You know, you got some nice young talent there. And Penny Hardaway meshes well with the young guys. They like Penny Hardaway. If you weren't able to see him in Memphis, Man, those kids love Penny Hardaway. They loved him at Memphis, and and he has a good coaching staff as well. So I would love to see him be, be the next head coach in Orlando. For sure. Washington Wizards hire Jawan Howard. Washington Wizards hire Jawan Howard. I know Jawan Howard is a Michigan alum, but he wants to be an NBA head coach. He may know if ands or buts about it when asked about it. His dream is to be an NBA head coach. Hire him, Washington Wizards. Give your program a chance to be turned around by a great NBA mind. This guy has energy. He knows how to connect to the younger generation. Get this man in your building and do not let him walk. Washington Wizards. Do not be foolish. Hire Jawan Howard to be your next head coach. By God, he played for the organization for many years. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, they could thrive and do more than an uh, under 500 eighth seed in the East with Jawan Howard in the building. Fresh mind, a fresh take, fresh IQ, relatability. Relatability with your head coach and your players. Jawan Howard needs to be the next head coach of the Washington Wizards. But what do you got on Jawan Howard making a jump from college over to the NBA? Oh, uh, I love it, man. Jawan Howard is the NBA coach. He just hadn't got a he didn't get his opportunity, so he went to college. We see him all the years with Miami with LeBron, D. Wade being the assistant head coach under Sposter. Didn't get his opportunity in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He deserves his opportunity. Washington do the right thing. Absolutely. All right, Black. The Boston Celtics has hired a brand new head coach. I'm sorry, bro, if I butcher your name. Emmy Aduka is the newest head coach of the Boston Celtics. This was mentioned on last week. Black, first-time head coach in the city of Boston. Brad Stevens, first-time GM. A lot of free agent. Uh, pending players like Marcus Smart on the bubble, Jalen Brown coming back off injury, Jason Tatum still ascending. Black, do you think Boston's on the up? Do you think they become stagnant? Or the Boston Celtics on the way down? With this hire. I don't want to say they're on the way down because the players love the players love this guy. Yeah. Tatum, Brown, they they got a lot of respect for him. So like we said, when players got a lot of respect for their head coach, things usually work out, and it, it could be a good situation. 
But, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit here today and ask the sports gods to shine down on Boston. <laughs> So it doesn't get so because it so it doesn't get get ugly there. Yeah. Because if 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 it doesn't work out, man, they're gonna they're gonna kill this guy in Boston. Yeah. They're gonna kill him, and I don't want to see that. But I can remember him being a player in San Antonio. He's a he he's a he's a he's a good guy, energetic. So I think that's something that the Boston Celtics need. They weren't getting that from Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is not the energetic head coach. They're going to get that from this guy, and that may be what Boston needs. Uh, it is they already making moves, so we're gonna see what happens, man, with with this situation. But my hope is the basketball guy shine down, and this situation works out for the new head coach in Boston. I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for the guy. He has a good reputation around the league. The players love him. Brad Stevens knows a lot about him. Um, first time head coach in Boston. This this organization is kind of in limbo. You got a, a ascending superstar in Tatum, very good player in Jalen Brown. Don't know what's going to happen with Marcus Smart. They got big man issues. Kimball Walker's out of there. They traded him. It's a situation, man, where Boston could be in the bottom half of the East next season. Because Tatum is going to be Tatum and Brown is there, but how are they going to fill out the rest of this team? They got to get some nice players in to compliment Tatum and Brown. And we're going to see if Brad Stevens is going to be able to do that. So give this heck, this new head coach, uh, like I said, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, sir, if you just so happen to hear this. Emmy uh, Oduka, they got to get him some pieces around for Boston to do something. And like Black said, I hope the guy is successful because if not, it's going to get ugly in Boston. And I don't want to see that for this guy. This guy's waited his turn, and uh, I'm happy that he got opportunity right now. All right? Black, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, Black. Is Ben Simmons the 76ers at the beginning of the season next year? Uh, I do not think so, sir. Okay. Okay. I could see Ben Simmons, ben Simmons flourishing in a place like Golden State. Oh, uh. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, and I hope the rumors are not true about them entertaining a move to move him to Sacramento for Buddy Hill. And oh, I, <laughs> 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 D, I just pray it's not true. Yeah, it was Buddy Hill and the guy from Duke. I can't Marcus Bagley. Jesus, for a compensation for Ben Simmons to go to Sacramento. That's what players go to die. <laughs> you don't want that for him. I don't want that for him. The only place <laughs> that I really want to see him at is Golden State. Yeah. But will Golden State pull the trigger to yeah. do that? Yeah. That's going to be the thing. If it's not Golden State, then he stays in Philly. Yeah. So that's why I met with Ben Simmons. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's out of Philadelphia. I think he's a young kid, 24 years old. I honestly believe that the things he has going on with his shooting and his confidence in his game can be fixed. Now, my question is, is Doc Rivers the head coach to fix that? Because Doc Rivers is a little flimsy himself lately. I mean, we've seen what happened last year with the Clippers. We've seen what happened this year with the uh, Hawks. Is Doc Rivers the guy to kind of energize Ben Simmons and get him back on track? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. So, the Warriors trade is very intriguing. You pack up Wiggins, 
and 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 uh, what's the big name? The big that they the number one pick, the two, number two pick that they got out there that went to Memphis. Oh, uh, Wiseman, Wiseman, and Wiggins, and put another piece, and you send them over there, you get Ben Simmons. Mm. You got a you got a nice excuse me, you got a nice situation in uh Golden State now. You got elite offense and talking about elite defense. Draymond and Ben Simmons on the perimeter. He and you want to know what? I think he automatically comes in and be the number one guy defensively. And then you you know what else Ben Simmons does there for the Warriors? He takes a lot of a lot of pressure off Clay defensively. Coming back, yeah. Coming back and all Clay got to focus on his shooting. Yeah. Just like Steph. Yeah, and let Ben take the best player. Yeah. There you go. So I'm you with that. When we were seeing the Warriors who was taking the best player, Clay. either Draymond or Clay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it. But I'm not giving up on Ben. He's 24 years old. And I know he's getting a lot of backlash, a lot of hate. And rightfully so. The guy was atrocious, abysmal, god-awful in these playoffs. So he deserves what he's getting. But I hope the kid got a grinder's mentality and he really wants to get out there and work on his game and really be better. So I'm not giving up on Ben Simmons. I think he either stays in Philly or he's a Golden State Warrior at the beginning of next season. That's what I think. All right, Black, one more topic in basketball. The NBA draft. NBA draft, the order has been set. We all know presumably that Cade Cunningham will be the number one pick in this draft, which is held by the Detroit Pistons. So the Pistons got the number one overall pick, followed by the Rockets, the Cavs, the Raptors, the Magic at with the top five. Then you have OKC, Golden State, Orlando, Sacramento, and New Orleans to uh, round up the top 10 picks uh, in this draft. Black, does Cade Cunningham become the newest Detroit Piston? And how much how much stock is in the NBA draft these days? How much can teams really get out of the NBA draft, meaning guys that can come in and make impacts right away? D, I really don't know if he'll be a Detroit Piston. Okay. Because you, it seems like Detroit Piston has a lot of options of what they could do. They could trade the number one pick and for players for, for to get more players. I don't know if Kate Cunningham is going to be a Piston. Would I like to see him in Detroit? No. Okay. I wouldn't. I like to see he's he's a really good basketball player. I like to see him end up somewhere where he could show his talent. You know, I I believe he could show it in Detroit. But they got a nice young core out there. I, they got new management. They got Ben Wallace up in the front office. They yeah, trying to get some things going. They do, but... Did you want to see him in Houston? No. No, definitely not Houston. Cleveland? Man, the Warriors got two picks, man. Yeah, but they picking seventh. I know. I was just thinking, like, what if the Warriors could move up and just take this kid and just do something with him? You mm. know, the Warriors got a lot of firepower. People not talking about... They got two picks in, what, the top 15? Seven to 14. You know, so you could put some stuff together and could you could you move back move up to one and get K Cunningham? Not that high. Maybe not, but you know, if it's if the pick's not traded, he's gonna he's gonna be a piston. But I don't know what Detroit is gonna do. There's been a lot of rumors about them trading that pick. I don't know what 4D, but we're going to see soon. Yeah, he'll be a Detroit Piston. The only team I really wanted to see K. Cunningham on was the Charlotte Hornets. I was rooting for them to get the number one pick. Mm. I was rooting for them to get it. And it's some, you know, Golden State had a chance to get there. But, you know, 
the team that I wanted to see him on was Charlotte. But at the same time, Detroit got some young pieces. They got some new front office personnel. I like their head coach. You know, they got rid of Blake Griffin, cleared some money in the cap space. So they got an opportunity to do some things. I think you add Kate to that team, you could be, jolt, you know, getting a jolt of energy there, and Detroit could possibly be next year's Charlotte Hornets. You know, with Kate Cunningham, I think the league needs more young, more vibrant teams that are starting to build their way up, a la the Charlotte Hornets. You know, OKC looked like they was turning the corner, but when Giggler, Shea Giggles got hurt, the court got pull, pulled out of that. So, you got the Chicago Bulls with Zach Levine and Kobe White. You got a lot of young teams getting some nice talent that uh, they could potentially start showing their faces in the bottom halves of the Eastern and Western yeah. Conference. So I wouldn't mind seeing Kay Cunningham in Detroit. Um, but at the same time, I was rooting for Charlotte to be, be the number one pick. One one name for me that I'm going to watch out for in this draft, we know Kay Cunningham is going to be the number one pick. But the kid Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga, yeah, I'm going to be really name interested to, watch. to see. He's a name to watch where for sure. he ends up. This kid can ball, D. He We've can. seen him ball. We did. You know, we know they got their brains beating in the natty, but this kid can play some ball, man. Yeah. Like even in that game, he was the one that was energetic, trying to get his teammates to get back trying to, to get make it going. a run yeah. to get it going. And I was looking at where they got him projected to go in Toronto. If it was a situation where Kyle Lowry stayed, which I don't think he will. Nope. But if you had Cal Lowry there with him, pa- Pascal Siakam, you could be talking about a pretty nice team you got assembled there with that kid with the addition of him. But I don't believe Cal Lowry is there. But I'm definitely going to be looking out for him to see where he lands. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So the NBA draft will be taking place, uh, I think, at the end of July, I believe. The end of July, the NBA draft will be taking place, and we'll be covering that, uh, no doubt, here on the Sports Desk. All right, man, we're going to transition out of the National Basketball Association. We're going to get into the world of boxing, man. Let's go ahead and pay that respect. Everybody, everybody, get on your feet. Get on your right feet. now. Right now. Jones, 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 Jr. Jr. The best fighter in the world. Fighter in the world. Whoever don't agree. Whoever don't agree. You know what? I guess y'all must have forgot. Forgot. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports dance. Pay that respect, man. <laughs> Pay that respect to Roy, man. Pay that respect. All right, man, let's get into the world of boxing black. Last night, were we entertained yes, last we were. night? Man, Javante Tank Davis got the job done last night. Mm. Got the job done in the city of Atlanta, moving up two weight classes to fight, uh, give me his name. Mario Berrios. Mario Berrios. Black walk us down what took place last night. And what did you think about Javante's performance last night against a bigger man? Man, I just want to say, D., Boxing should be happy because they got a great one last night. These guys put on the show, man. I actually was supposed to be asleep, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I couldn't do it, man. I stayed up and watched it. And, man, was I treated. I was happy I stayed up and watched that fight, man, because I would have been really upset to have to come to the sports desk and, and detail me black. You missed a good one. <laughs> and then and looking at the highlights just wouldn't have done it for me. But man, great entertaining fight, man. Bike and forth, bike and forth matchup, man. Javante Davis 
he's a good he's a good fighter. He has he has power in both hands. But me and you talked about this last night, D. Even though he stopped Mario Berrios, Devontae Davis does not does not need to compete at 140. Mm-hmm. This was a great opportunity and he made history. Congrats to him. Absolutely. But we seen Javante Davis powering both hands. We seen the kid in Mario Barrios eat those shots like they were his lunch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we did. We seen him walk through these punches <clears throat> in these rounds. And I'm like, oh, man, if this was anybody else at 130, 135. Sleep. They sleep. Even though he stopped them. He did. With a nice body shot, and I called it. You did call it. And I said, this fight will end on a body shot, and that's exactly what happened. Because you can tell, a smaller fighter and a taller fi- fighter, the shorter fighter is always going to try to break down, the bo- get to that body and try to break them down to take their shots up top, which Devontae was doing mm-hmm. in that fight. And lo and behold, the body shot was the, the one that, you know, stopped the fight. Javante Davis is, a, is, like I said, is a good fighter. But I don't need to see him. I need to see him at 130, 135. So many big names there. So, so many things that he can do there. I was concerned about him at one point. Because this seemed like a, a point in that fight. Javante was kind of like, whoa. Cause yeah. Because the, the, the kid Mario Barrios, he may not be the fastest guy. But the kid can fight. He might not have all the power. But the kid can fight. He can put punches together that could hurt you. And at a point in that fight, we seen tanks like we never seen tank before. Like he was kind of had that look in his eye, like, okay, if if I don't get my stuff together, this kid probably can get me. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the last night when we were talking, this kid just didn't have the power to stay to get uh, Javante Davis out of there. If that was anybody else at one forty with power, we could be talking about something different here today. But I enjoyed everything about the fight. I'm ready to de- I'm ready to see Javante Davis take on big names. I'm ready to t- see him take on the Ryan Garcias of the world, the Lamachenkos of the world, the Lopezes of the world. I'm ready to see him fight the David David Haney of Haney's of the world. I'm ready to see him take on some of these bigger names between 130 and 135. It's we're trying to. We're, he's turning into a superstar. Floyd is doing the right thing with this kid. He's going to be a pay per view, a pay per view box office guy like Floyd was. But you have to put the bodies in front of him that can help him carry that. Mario Barrios, Mario Barrios is a good tough fighter, champion, but his name don't carry much weight. Javante Davis carried this whole pay per view because that's who he was talking about over and over and over again. So it's time now for him to fight big names, good fighters, and let's see where we go from here. But very exciting, entertaining fight last night, D. Enjoyed every round from round one to round 11. Enjoyed it all. Yeah, very good fight. Very good fight. Uh, Tank was challenged. Tank was challenged. Tank was not able to fold Barrios um, in a traditional fashion. He did everybody else. Man, Black was talking last night during the fight. Two things were alarming to me. The first thing was Floyd Mayweather got up out of his seat and he came down to the corner. In the seventh round, I believe it was. Uh, no. Six or seven. Ninth round. Excuse me, ninth round. Ninth round. Floyd got up out of his seat and he came down and he pretty much jumped in front of the corner of Tank Davis's corner and said, hey, man, I'm keeping 100 with you. You losing. 
The unofficial scorecards got you losing this fight. I'm keeping it 100 with you. And that fight, at that point when Floyd got up out of his seat, was very close. Very, very close. Second thing that was alarming, alarming, Black already stated, the punches that Tank was throwing at Barrios, any other, 135 or 130, sleeping, unconscious. Barrios was laughing and smirking at the headshots that Davis was throwing. He laughed. Davis was concerned. Mm-hmm. Davis dropped the technical boxing uh, method that he was using, and he just started throwing hands mm-hmm. because he knew. He said, I got to stop this unconventional BS. I got to get him out of here. And he threw, and he threw, and he threw, and said he caught Barrios <laughs> and put him down with a massive down-the-pike body shot. Impressive victory for Tank. But he definitely needs to go back down and wait. He cannot sit at 140. Barrios did not have punching power. If he did have punching power, some of those shots that he caught Tank with flush would have hurt Tank more. But you could tell he didn't have the power. He had the heart. He had the energy. But he just didn't have the power. Tank needs a big fight next. (laughs) I don't want to see him fight Burrios. I don't want to see him fight Santa Cruz. I don't want to see him fight these guys. I want to see a big pay-per-view fight with Javante David and a a fighter who deserves to be on the bill to call this somewhat of a mega fight. Floyd and his team got to get this done. There's plenty of competition at 135 and 130 for Javante Davis. Mm -hmm. So we need to see that. Exceptional win. History was made. He he got another belt uh, to add to the mantle at the gym. But by God, some points through that fight last night, it was a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. And Floyd knew it. He got up and let Javante know Javante ended up getting it done. Ended up getting it done. So shout out to the city of Atlanta, man, who was lit. Man, it was crazy in there, Last man. night for the fight. They back in the building tonight. Game one, I mean, excuse me, game three is getting ready to tip off with the Bucks and the Hawks. Me and Black are getting ready to wrap up before we leave boxing, Black. Sean, uh, excuse me, Lamachenko. Vasily Lamachenko. Back on track. After losing to Fatimo Lopez just a few months back, got back on track with a win. Black, what did you see from Lamachenko last night? How did he look? He looked great. He did. He, did. he looked great, man. He was sticking and moving uh, last night. He did. And what's, what's ironic about that, the kid, the kid that he fought last night, um, Lamachenko went 12 rounds with him decision. Fatimo. Fatimo went yeah. 12 rounds with him yeah. decision and Vasily stopped him. Yeah. You know, so it was good, man, but I'm excited. It was exciting to see Tiafimo Lopez Sr. get in front of the camera and say that the fight with, he, with Lamachenko and his son has to happen again. Yes, of course. He said after a performance like that against that that fighter, you have to, it's, it's something that has to be talked about. No doubt. And then uh, Bob Arum even said it. He said, when Lamachenko came to my house and sat on my couch and he signed this, he signed this new deal with me, We he said that it'll be no problem for him to fight Lamachenko a second time. The fight needs to happen. The fight was really, really, if you want to keep it 100, Lopez really dominated that fight against Lamachenko. I don't know what Lamo had going on, but... If we get the limo that we seen last night, mm. 
then we could be potentially talking about something. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he, to see him use his jab, switch, move, I mean, the guy that he fought, I can't even think of his name mm-hmm. right now, it's like he's seen punches coming from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And when you, got, when you got a Vasily Lamachenko like that, he's very dangerous. And it's going to be interesting to see moving forward what happens. This is why we need... This is why we need the big fights. You want to see Lopez versus Lamachenko. You want to see Tank in that equation as well. I would pay all my dollars to see Vasily Lamachenko fight Tank Davis. I would pay all my dollars to see Tank Davis fight Tefimo Lopez. Tefimo Lopez. Why can't we get names like that? Floyd Mayweather, Bob Arum, y'all need to get over yourselves and let's get these fights. Agree. You need to get over. I know y'all had a rocky. That's when Floyd was a kid. This is about business. Yeah. This is this is what I hate about boxing. This is what I love about the UFC, UFC cuz the UFC gets the big fights made. We need this in boxing. We need we need Lamachenko versus Lopez too. We need Tank versus Lopez, Lamachenko, whoever it is. We These up-and-coming guys, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia. We need those type of names on the bill for a main event pay-per-view. Like D said, I'm tired of seeing Tank fight these guys that don't have no name. He needs a big name in his time. But Vasali, man, back to, back to Lamachenko, he looked great. I would love, love to see him and uh, Lopez get it on this fall, maybe September, October, somewhere around there. But I'm excited, man. He's back after the loss to Lopez. Shout out to Lomachenko on the big win last night. Yeah, he looked excellent. I mean, Black really hit all the points on the head. Boxing got to do better. Bob Aaron, Floyd Mayweather, they got to get the BS out the way and get these mega fights done. This is the perfect summer to do it. The country's opening back up. Fans are letting back in the arenas. Let's get some mega fights booked. Let's get Javante Davis with a powerhouse name. Let's get Fatimo Lopez and Lomachenko Part 2. Let's get this stuff done. Because I'm not going to be staying up till 1230 at 1 o'clock in the morning to see the great fighters fight ducks. <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing that. When I got the UFC giving me Conor McGregor and, and, and Dustin Poirier 3 next weekend. They just fought six months ago and they, get, they doing it again. So we got to get this done, boxing. Mm-hmm. So boxing is, in, boxing is in store for a very good summer, but it could be a great summer if they start making some of these big-name fights. All right, man, so we're going to leave boxing, man. We're going to stop by the WWE for just one second. Black, we back in our WWE bag, man. We got some stuff going on in the WWE this past Friday night on SmackDown. Roman Reigns was giving this talk as the head of the table, and then that music hit. Mm, mm, mm. The rated R superstar Edge has returned. It is official. Edge, Roman Reigns, money in the back for the Universal Championship. Didn't think we would see Edge this early. How do you feel about Roman Reigns and Edge getting this one-on-one treatment 
minus Daniel Bryan like the situation was at WrestleMania. How you feel about it? Man, there's something about when you hear that, you think you know me. Music, <laughs> it, it, it gets you every time. Every time. I actually, I actually was tuning in. I just happened to turn turn to it and and um, start watching wrestling. I was like, you know what? I'm going to finish this out and got treated, man. Got treated. Didn't expect Edge to come out and be on there. But, man, to see Edge, man, it's like Edge just give you this this feeling through your body when you're watching wrestling when he comes out, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, it's, and now... He he seemed like he didn't got chiseled a little more. Yeah, he looked good. Beard. He looked good. You know, it, 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 it it's it's crazy, man, to see this this to see Edge back. I'm excited, man. This is going to be a big one for Money in the Bank. Um, I'm expecting fireworks, man, for Money in the Bank uh, and everything leading up to Money in the Bank. So, man, it, it's exciting to see Edge back happy. He's back on the docket against uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, it was exciting to, see, exciting to see Edge. Didn't expect it. Didn't expect Edge to show up there. So they got me. I usually try to stay on top of what is going to be happening. So they got me with that. But it was good to see him. I think Roman is the best in the business right now. It's not even close. No matter if it's AEW, WWE, NXT, New Japan, Pro Wrestling, it doesn't matter. Roman Reigns is the best. His character, his dominance, the way he's wearing the character, his in-ring performances, his microphone skills, he is by far... The best option in pro wrestling, period. And I'm very happy for Reigns because it was sketchy when he was coming up through the shield. You knew he had potential, but I can't lie. I didn't see him being this. He is by far the best. When he getting kudos from The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin, these guys are coming out saying this guy is by far the best. It's not even close. Shout out to Reigns. But it's always something intriguing about a guy like Edge. Mm. We know his his grind and the return that he made after the next surgery. And he didn't get his one-on-one match against Reigns because Daniel Bryan intervened. And now we get a one-on-one match. But Black, I can't lie. WWE is setting up a something here. For Edge to come back at Money in the Bank with SummerSlam being next month, that kind of raises my radar. Follow me here. They're not doing this to can, to form a Reigns and Edge rivalry for the next couple of months. No. There's going to be a twist here. There's going to be a twist that takes place where Edge, whether he becomes champion or not, is going to grab another interest and make his opponent for SummerSlam. I'm saying there's somebody else in the mix here. It won't be a triple threat match at Money in the Bank. That match will happen one-on-one. But someone's going to get involved. Someone's going to get involved with Reigns and Edge, and it's going to catapult a new rivalry with Edge and somebody. I, I'm, I see it, man, because it's weird. Money in the Bank? Don't get me wrong. Money in the Bank is a good pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. But it's known for the people who get the briefcase. It's not really known for their championship matches. Yeah. So that's my feeling. Something that WWE knows they're going to be back in front of fans for SummerSlam. And they're going to try to make this show extravagant for SummerSlam. So follow that storyline. Okay. Follow that storyline and let's, let's just see how it plays out. I think something else is in the mix there. But good to see Edge back. We're back talking about WWE. We're sorry, wrestling fans. If you're still hanging with us, thank you. If you're not, go tell the people who was listening to us for wrestling. We back. <laughs> we back. We back. We'll be getting more into it. All right, man. So that's pretty much going to wrap up the sports desk. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us. One more week 
Um, we really appreciate all the love and support. Me and Black about to wrap this thing up. Game three of the Eastern Conference Finals are taking place. Atlanta is up 10 to 2 right now in the first quarter. I know the city of Atlanta is rocking. The Bucks are here with them stink blue jerseys. So uh, we'll see how this game takes out. So you guys be cool. You guys be safe. Take care of yourselves. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next week. Black, what's up? Where can they find you? Yeah, man. Y'all can find me at Black ENL3, man. Y'all hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. Appreciate all the love and appreciate all the support. Yeah, so you can find me at Deja Hicks Jr. Deja Hicks Jr. on Instagram and on Twitter. Look forward to talk, talking to you all. If y'all want to talk that sports talking again, thank you for all the support. You guys be safe. You be cool. We'll be talking to you guys really, really soon. Sports desk. New sports desk.